Welcome to Loving Wild and Free, a podcast by Bridget Woolley and Brittany Taylor. Here we share our intimate journeys of deepening our understanding and practicing of unconditional love. With our relationship as the point of focus, we tell personal stories and practice compassionate communication, which supports us growing together as individuals and as a unit. All are welcome here. We are grateful to be on this journey beside you. Hi, beautiful beings. Did you know that we are coaches and work one-on-one and with partnerships? I, Bridget, am a holistic health practitioner and nutritional therapist. I specialize in autoimmune, hormonal imbalances, and digestive health. I, Brittany, am a life coach specializing in relationships and individual empowerment, focusing on finding internal and attracting external alignment. We both help people align with their true selves to live the thriving, vibrant lives they dream of. Find our emails in the show notes and reach out to us for a free 30-minute session. (laughs) Hi. Hi. I'm Brittany. And I'm Bridget. And welcome to our podcast, Loving Wild and Free. Yeah, I'm excited about today's episode. Me too. It feels really alive in our relationship and also in our clients and in the world. Definitely. And I think we're going to bring together a couple of parallels. So what we're going to be talking about is attachment styles and finding that interdependence, that secure, some people call it secure attachment, some people call it, um, we've been calling it safety mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. We're kind of going to link some things together. So I imagine you've heard of anxious, avoidant, anxious, avoidant. Um, yeah. Anxious attached, avoidant attached. Yeah, there's yeah. like a lot of different <laughs> combinations of those. And then also, right, like codependent, independent. Interdependence. Yeah, so maybe we could simply say we're thinking about avoidant attachment is like independent, like almost mm-hmm. like yeah. pushing overly, something away. Overly independent. Yeah. Anxious attachment being codependent, mm-hmm. like, like clinging, being clingy. Mm-hmm. And then secure, some people call it secure attachment. I like ind- interdependence, feels nice. Yeah symbiosis mm-hmm. yes co-creation <laughs> yeah. yeah harmony yeah. Uh-huh. yeah um i think that does really link to safety mm-hmm. a sense of like safety for me is a balance of um freedom and co-creation yeah yeah in our last two episodes we really talked about like our relationship and what state we're in now and that being like really creating a lot of safety in our relationship and so we really wanted to talk more about like how we got here (laughs) and the different ways that these other ways of relating can show up um and kind of give some examples of those yeah I love that I feel like last episode we talked a lot about some of the patterns and trauma bonds we were playing out mm-hmm. in our relationship and then kind of getting to this big point of being like, well, fuck it. Like we have to, we have to have ourselves. We have to be here for ourselves. And in a way, I think that was a big way that we got to interdependence. Mm-hmm. There was a breaking point, a pivotal change point, but there was also, there were years of foundation, I think for both of us before coming together and then also within our partnership. And now all the things that we've been cultivating as regular practices in our life easily feed into, I think, what helps us align with healthy interdependence now. Yeah. And the first thing that comes to mind for me is, like, creating a solid, sustainable rhythm for yourself in your life 
and taking responsibility for your own energy field, your own nervous system Mm. in a way. Yeah, I love that uh, because I think we're taught or we witness, right, other people. We witness a lot of codependent relating. Uh, it's pretty or, much all I've witnessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Where we're, we're not like what you just shared that isn't modeled. So we're kind of like clinging to our partner, looking for our partner for um, stabilization. Uh-huh. <laughs> stabilization in our nervous system. Where then I think people can kind of like cling to the other side of independence, right? Okay, I've been too codependent. I've been too clingy. So I'm just going to like push that person away and do my own thing. Which... <laughs> you know, can be a healthier step than codependence, but is also, I think, not the ultimate goal. Right. Yeah. For example, we're working with these clients right now, mm-hmm. and I think that they're both moving more toward, like, been in such a codependent partnership, which I think is really common. Mm-hmm. And then they're, like, creating space. A lot of space. A lot of space mm-hmm. to be, like, completely independent of mm-hmm. one another. And almost needing that spaciousness to be able to feel all the things they haven't honored, like the anger and the like, I kind of hate this person, you know, like, (laughs) which I think is really natural and normal and happens in pretty much all partnerships where we are stifling parts of ourselves. It's more a reflection. It's not really about the other person, Mm -hmm. but since we've linked our, um, the pattern, yeah, the pattern and like the stifling Mm -hmm. of our true voice, our true rhythms, with that person, it's helpful to have the complete, like, severance. Yeah, it's yeah. like you kind of have to, like, cut that cord um, or remove kind of, like, all elements of the thread of codependence or, like, playing in those patterns to just feel like, oh, wow, that's me. That's mm-hmm. my sense of self. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but maybe, like, being so wrapped up in a relationship and then you just, like, have a few days or go on a trip or a retreat or whatever you just get a few hours to yourself um you're like wow oh okay (laughs) yeah Yeah. can like really realize how important spaciousness is and I think a lot of people find that they can align with that on their own like Mm -hmm. I'm really good at being in that more um living from a place of authenticity and like and feeling regulated in your nervous system right and a lot of people will feel like oh I was doing great until I got into this relationship Mm -hmm. and it's like well there is they're kind of two different things and it really is a beautiful thing to learn how to live within yourself and your own rhythms being truly grounded being able to regulate while in this like sacred dance Mm -hmm. with another being and it's a whole other skill set yeah, I love the examples that you shared yeah. a minute ago before we were... Yeah, I'd love to here. share them. So maybe you could share those. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was. we were just talking about, oh, we could make this a fun reel. <laughs> and um, and Bridget's like, well, what would you say? You know, what would... So I just had like three quick examples that came to mind. So codependence. Codependence. So codependence would be like... Okay, I'm just going to share three potential responses to like whatever scenario came up. Codependence. It's like oh, no, no, it's all good. I'll do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, let's just, let's just do whatever you want to do. No problem. Yeah. Inter, uh, independent, like, independent. I don't want to give independent a bad name. Yeah. But, like, let's just say, like, fiercely, overly independent is, like, all right, well, you figure out whatever you have to figure out. I'm going to go do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And interdependent is, like, I really care about what we both feel and need. 
seems like we're still figuring some things out here. Mm-hmm. Would you like to create a little space to connect with ourselves and come back together and, and find something that works for both of us? Yeah. Yeah. And I love this because the energy in these three situations is very different. It's like, right, like, oh, I'm sorry, like, I'll do whatever you want. It's yeah. almost like this, like, apology and this, like, neediness, right, this anxiety of, like, wanting to please our partner and not feeling maybe truly connected with our authentic self and and what feels truly aligned for us and I think a lot of us can be afraid to voice that or haven't seen a healthy example of how to do that and so I think that is kind of a common thread in relationships where we kind of just start to lose parts of ourselves because we're just like wanting to please the other person and on the deepest level it almost feels like an apology for being who Mm -hmm. you are like somehow saying whatever unfolded wasn't okay yeah and now you have to like repent yeah and in that how could there be space for Mm -hmm. you to understand all parts of you and love yourself yeah and there's almost like in that sometimes we're almost like ruminating like oh how could I have done that better or taken care of that? And then so you're just like putting so much energy into, yeah, it's just like draining. It's like totally leaking a lot of vitality. Yeah, and so much um, codependent energy and this idea of like, I need to now caretake for the other person's vibration and how they're feeling. And like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, what can I do to make it up to you so that you will feel better so that I can feel better? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, like needing someone else to feel better so you can feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what a, a lot of us were taught growing up, like totally. pleasing our parents. 100%. Like, we're in trouble if this parent isn't... That makes mommy sad when you do that. <laughs> yeah, like, some interesting things. Weird stuff that we heard all the time. Yeah, and so then like in- independence, you know, I love what you shared, like fine, I'll just kind of like do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is an extreme version of independence, but I think that's it's what it I think gives voice to is this air of like I don't know how to connect with me and you simultaneously Mm, yeah so I'm gonna push that away because I I don't know how to co-create and like kind of live in the false reality that like I don't need anyone I can take care of myself Mm -hmm. like when really I think humans are super social creatures and we actually innately do need one another for all kinds of things yeah like reproduction of the species and um Mm -hmm. just like the simple daily needs we we need to have met require other humans yeah in most cases and I think a lot of us grew up I know me myself not having those emotional needs met by my parents so it was like oh if I didn't please my mom I was in trouble and so like I didn't know how to connect with my emotions and what I need so I would go to the other extreme and kind of like okay I'm just gonna do my own thing nobody can have space for me nobody's gonna yeah just like be able to have space for my emotions I just have to take care of everyone Mm -hmm. else so um I think yeah I can really reflect on my life and see all the patterns of like fluctuating between codependence and independence um and just kind of like the the times I've been in relationship or not been in relationship and how I felt and yeah just it's yeah I'm curious if you you can relate reflecting on um 500 percent yeah yeah definitely I feel really similarly 
Yeah, and I think my go-to was, like, initially probably pretty codependent Mm -hmm. in the sense that I felt like I needed to caretake for my family. Yeah. And I was the youngest and, like, super attuned to energy, which I think most of our listeners, like us, probably are. Mm -hmm. And really felt like I knew how to care for everyone around me and so therefore felt like I took on the responsibility and I was rewarded for it and for like being the the loving one that mm-hmm. everybody liked being around and yeah. was so good at like you you use the word chameleon when I met you mm-hmm. that you feel like you you can be a good chameleon mm-hmm. and I felt that too and then there was also this fierce independence that was really prided in my family mm-hmm. it was like we're gonna make our own ways I was raised by, like, two single parents in a certain way. Like, my dad really took care of himself, and my mom really took care of herself. And the the pulse of our lives was, like, you got to, like, make your own way because nobody's going to do it for you. You can't trust partnership because, yeah, I was never modeled healthy partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then in partnership myself, I would oscillate between the two. And I had, like, some extreme codependence, I think just because I have so much love and loved taking care of my partners and one of my biggest partnerships ended around, yeah, like high school, college, and I went to extreme independence after that and just this feeling of like, Mm -hmm. I got to really take care. I can't, the feeling was like, I can't be in that place again. That was terrifying because when we ended up like splitting finally, I felt like I was dying. Like I felt like I could. I was going to lose myself because I had put so much of myself there and nobody was at home taking care of me anymore. Mm -hmm. So then independence became my jam and that showed up as like avoidant Mm -hmm. in partnership. And it was like, and then entering open, open partnerships. It was really fascinating to see like my go-to was like, yeah, I can support you. No problem. But I'm going to be over here like doing my thing and I'm going to be your bro. I'm not going to be like your, I'm not going to be like open hearted and loving with you. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's been a big journey, a big like 10 years for me of like learning to open my heart and like let the pain of like the past kind of clear me out. Yeah. So I'm curious because you entered this open relationship style when you started your relationship with Connor if you felt yourself fluctuating in that relationship between codependent and independent because like what you just shared was like very like cool I'll be your bro do your thing like (laughs) you got this did you notice yourself showing up on the other end of that um ever yeah totally Mm -hmm. I totally had both I would definitely fluctuate and as I think we've noticed in our, well, we can hit that in a second, but um, we did tend to fall into the rhythms of me being more avoidant Mm -hmm. and Connor being more attached. And it almost works when you have one of each. Yeah. Because my go-to was like push away and Connor would come to me. Right. And that wasn't 100% of the time. We Mm -hmm. definitely had all sorts of dynamics, but when you have two people who are avoidant, which you and I learned. (laughs) Yeah, me and Brittany. (laughs) Um, I think that is more powerful positions for both of us to be in. Mm -hmm. And then it's sometimes hard to, like, come back together because it's like, (laughs) well, the other person says to come back to me. I'm the one who always does. Yeah, 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 yeah. and being used to the other person. Mm -hmm. And then me at some point switching gears with you and, like, really, like, falling back into that... um, 
that anxious attached and, and like really codependent, like not all the time or anything, but in certain scenarios and that feeling really shitty too. And neither of them being feeling safe, like the ultimate safety really feeling like, okay, out of urgency when my body wants to move in a certain direction, can I stay and be present and breathe? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is the piece, like how do we move towards interdependence? Um, and co-creation and I think that it is the practice and the awareness of like first like the awareness of what is happening mm-hmm. right the awareness of the pattern are you noticing when you're anxious or, or avoidant or in codependence or independence and can you co-regulate like do you know how to co-regulate with another being And also, do you know how to self-regulate? And I think bringing both of those things together was a huge piece for us. Yeah, I think that we both recognized we can definitely self-regulate, but -hmm. sometimes getting to the the co. (laughs) Well, that, and also first, like, if the co wasn't available, which Mm. I think in the beginning it might not be, I think a good practice is to self-regulate, like Mm -hmm. consciously choose to both self-regulate simultaneously. Yeah. And then that can be, come closer and closer together and become a healthy co-regulation yeah yeah and you can like I think co-regulation can be taught or sorry can be practiced really simply you know so even like cool taking space to self-regulate taking space to just connect with your breath be in nature uh, go for a walk do whatever helps you feel right like more connected and grounded within yourself and then maybe you both have done that and come back together. Maybe you just sit next to each other and breathe together, right? So our, I know we've talked about this maybe in the last season of our podcast, but our nervous systems feed off of each other, right? So if one of us is avoidant and one of us is anxious, right? Anxious, those nervous systems, those energies are playing off of each other. If one of us is frantic, and the other one is trying to ground, right? Those energies are going to play off each other. So if we can get to a place of, okay, I feel grounded. I could come together with you. I could practice. And I think that the practice of co-regulation is really beautiful because it's like, it's relaxing and trusting in the other person, right? It's like building that relationship of safety. You know, even if it's just a practice for a minute or two. Like, oh, hey, let's just lay together and breathe together. Maybe we don't have to talk. Maybe we could just, yeah, tune tune our nervous systems together a little bit. And it may seem really simple, but after you've done that for a couple minutes and then trying to communicate, it makes a huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. And I think that's a great practice in general is speaking like our word is our wand Mm -hmm. what we speak is powerful especially in emotionally charged places Mm -hmm. any type of emotion yeah so being certain that we are creating from a place of truth speaking from a place of truth sharing energy with our partner from a place of truth feels so important yeah and I think that's one of the biggest practices that has shifted my life is like I, when I first started implementing this, I was listening to so much Abraham Hicks and I just had this mantra. It was like 15 years ago. I was like, I will get into a good feeling place and then I will mm. get into a good feeling place and then. But the reminder was just basically like, if I don't feel good, it's not a time to create. 
it's mm-hmm. a time to regulate. It's a time to ground, to yeah. drop in with myself. And after many years of exerting myself in partnership to try and ground the other person, like to try and be so grounded that it helps the other person ground, I will say that I recommend using that practice sparingly. Because overall what I found was it wasn't like it's not it's cool to have that tool to whip out in in important times. Mm-hmm. But if it's your go-to, that's a codependent pattern. Yeah. And that was that was my thing. Like, okay, I don't trust that this other person can do this or can meet me in a grounded space so I need to do all the work and put all my energy into like being so grounded that I can kind of take anything Mm -hmm. that they're throwing at me and that was ultimately saying like I don't deserve to be met in a space of grounded co-regulation and then how could somebody possibly meet you there if you don't believe that it's possible yeah it's almost like it wires the relationship like almost like I've heard you share before like you only it was hard for you to feel like you to let go of like the people pleasing because you felt like you wouldn't receive love so it's like it wires the pattern if we're constantly showing up like not constantly but show, like, creating that pattern of showing up and caring for someone past what feels good then it's like oh well if i don't do that will i receive love and I think that's a, that's a big pattern in relationships. I think it's, yeah, and maybe on the deepest level, stemming from this fear that we aren't innately worthy and mm-hmm. don't innately deserve whatever it is that we're envisioning, dreaming up, desiring. Yeah. 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 And you were talking a minute ago, and it was like trusting ourselves, right? Like making, like communicating from a grounded place. Because if we're not in a grounded place... If we're in activation or fight or flight or our nervous system is overwhelmed, usually what we're sharing is not true. Totally. <laughs> you know? It's coming from parts of Yes. It. It's coming from parts. It's coming from activation. It's coming from fear. It's coming from cortisol, like our stress hormone being super elevated. And so that, that's not a good place to communicate from. It doesn't mean that some of the things that are being communicated aren't important to acknowledge. Right. I think those are parts that really are screaming for our attention. Mm -hmm. Can you communicate about those parts, right? Like after you've regulated. Yeah. And I think sometimes, especially if it's a big regulation period, like not communicating for something. I know you shared this, like just breathing together. But then I think like maybe giving it even more space than that. Mm -hmm. Creating space to journal with yourself or audio to yourself or talk with a professional or talk with a friend who's really great at holding space for your process to get clearer before communicating. Yes. Yeah, because I think that we have been conditioned to use our partners as therapists and they're not and that's not their role and I think that that is like something that we almost have come to expect. Yeah. Just like, oh, come home and it's like, oh, I've had this kind of day and (laughs) this is the energy of my day that I don't want to be feeling anymore, but let me purge it all here. Yeah. Yeah. So this goes back to how do we create environments? So not just when something comes up, how do we manage it, but how do we set ourselves up so that these things don't arise often or we get to catch them earlier on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually have this fun experience. Yesterday, I bought a car. Yeah, you got a car. (laughs) I bought a new car and... It was the first day of my cycle and like I hadn't slept well and I was just like 
I was just going to test drive a car so I wasn't like <clears throat> energetically prepared and I noticed the energy of like right like car salesman right like it was like I felt very energetically sensitive yesterday and I just started to notice my nervous system was feeding off their nervous system this like okay this like pressure this bot you know and I was like no like I'm not going to feed into this right like the awareness of what was happening in my nervous system my nervous system was starting to feed off the energy of the place and so well, I called Brittany mm -hmm. and then she's like well why don't you just go outside and take a moment and for yourself like right like in your car and so I did I went outside and just kind of walked around and self-regulated and grounded because I was trying to make a clear decision and communicate that but I couldn't because my nervous system mm -hmm. was trying to find itself amidst someone else's nervous system <laughs> totally it probably wasn't really regulated um so right like the awareness too of like what state am I in I think mm -hmm. is like always my first question before I communicate before I um before I chase or before I push away or before yeah. I do anything, I just kind of like sit with myself and notice like, what state is my nervous system in? Let me put my hand on my heart. Let me breathe. What what part um, am I speaking from? Is it from a like a wounded inner child part? Is it from a fear part? Is it from a grounded part? Okay, what do I need, right? Like if I'm in, if I feel grounded, I feel like, okay, cool. I can answer from this place, but if I don't, you know, I have these tools in place that, that really help me ground. And one of my favorite breaths is actually um, four, seven, eight breath. That's a really simple practice. Um, you just breathe in for four through the nose, hold for seven, and exhale really slowly out through the nose for eight. Right, And that just helps that the longer exhale, so shorter inhale, longer exhale, always helps slow down the heart rate blood pressure helps bring that nervous system into a state of, of rest. And so that's just like a simple, that's what I went out to my car and did. I was like, okay, I'm just going to set a timer for five minutes and breathe with myself. And from there, I'll know what feels good and how to communicate. And I think that's a fun example just because like, it's not just like romantic relationships mm -hmm. that this stuff shows up in. It shows up in your workplace with friends, with t just a simple interaction at the grocery store, just like, all over the place and then if we're not aware that like oh maybe I was in a stressful environment now like I'm kind of like carrying that tone throughout my day so just kind of like checking in with yourself regularly throughout the day is I think a good practice of self-regulation yeah I love this so much and <clears throat> going on the example from yesterday when you called my feeling and um, immediately when you were like asking like what do you think what do you, what do you think feels right I was just like oh, like my immediate knowing was like, you know what's right for you. And like, you have such a strong connection with your intuition, like you got this. And when you shared, like, it's hard to feel that connection right now mm -hmm. because amidst all this energy, it was like, oh, cool. That makes so much sense. And, and just a reminder that we can always create the space to have the connection that we need. And we all have an inner voice. We all have a connection with our gut with our with our own answers from within and if we are out of touch with those maybe in this moment or you have felt out of touch with that for a while i think that's an indicator to to create to recreate that connection with yourself and it seems to come really quickly for people in nature by yourself in practices that you love maybe doing a movement practice or dancing to music 
whatever gets you there. And then lacing your day with lots of activities like that. Lacing your day with plenty of time that you get to reconnect with yourself. Even if it's like you work in a crowded office, go to the bathroom. Like go to the bathroom and sit on the toilet and do your four seven <laughs> four, eight, four seven eights. Yeah, like whatever you need. Um, because the world that we live in, I think it's shifting and a lot of us are shifting, but it might not be set up to have you first connected to your like your belly and your heart. It might have you more up in your mind and in the airy. And that can feel like a hard place to create from in truth. Yeah. Yeah, I love that you just mentioned that because I think this was coming up with some of my clients recently. It was like, well, what do you do when you just want to take a few minutes to yourself? You know, quite a few of them are like, well, I just get on my phone, right? I'm just like, maybe I just need to like turn off my brain for a second, like scroll through Instagram or YouTube. Take on some other vibrations. Right, then we're just like taking on more stimulation and it's just stimulating our nervous system even more right like it's not actually turning off our brain it's like numbing us out and creating more stimulation and so i really think these these simple mindful practices maybe they feel like oh it's just like that that can't really help or that's too like simple but like really like five minutes a couple times throughout your day to just like check in with yourself really what that's doing is helping us build a relationship with our intuition Uh and you know I think any of these patterns come from feeling disconnected with our intuition and our truth and being able to really tune in and ask ourselves like what feels right for me what feels true for me Uh um yeah yeah I've been a couple of my clients now are doing these bathroom Mm check-ins and it's so simple it's like when you're in the bathroom like when you're sitting on the toilet or standing in front of the toilet just just breathe with yourself and ask yourself how am I feeling and what am I needing yeah and these are questions that we ask ourselves every day these are questions in my journal that I answer every day and it's so powerful for me and a great resource. You can go on to the NVC website, cnvc.com, and download a list of feelings and needs because a lot of people just don't even know. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what they're feeling or needing. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then the bigger picture here, I think, is creating a life that you love, that mm. rocks for you. Yeah. Because if you aren't living a life that you love, it's going to be hard to be in a relationship that you love. It's going to be hard to love connecting with people. And I feel so adamant about this. We feel so adamant about this that our lives look really different than a lot of people. And I notice that I don't tend to spend... I feel really particular about who I choose to spend time with. Yeah. Because because, um, people are living subtle or overt lives of drama or desperation or chaos or unconsciousness and I think we live our lives with such deep intention and really care about the vibration that we're living in so that's something to think about too is like how do I want to be living and am I surrounding myself with energies that help me embody that more or are there energies I'm interacting with regularly that feel like kind of chaotic that Mm -hmm. I'm taking on in a way yeah And then it just comes down to the really basic practices that we talk about with all our clients. It's like, it's nourishment, it's movement, it's nature, it's 
um, community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not, I think, too, one thing that has been huge for me and, and for us in our relationship is not acting from a place of urgency. Um, in anything that we do, whether that's in communication, whether that's in moving from like one activity to the next, it's like um, trying to create a little spaciousness between things, right? Because if we're acting from a place of urgency, usually we're in fight or flight or a cortisol and it's just a few breaths or a few moments makes all the difference in between like, oh, wow, okay. That decision I would have made a few minutes ago is totally different than what I would have made now. And usually if we're acting from a place of urgency, it's not from a place of authenticity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely. Yeah. I love how, um, as we've been talking, and when we were talking about attachment styles, it's like there's the clinging, like moving forward too close, Mm -hmm. and then there's the pushing away. And interdependence, this security, I think is just staying present. So it's mm-hmm. like when the urgency comes up, what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. Do we push it away or do we like cling to it or do we run from it? And I think, what if we just stay with it and breathe with it mm-hmm. and just like allow ourselves to feel our feelings? And that's where I think interdependence lives. I think that's also where healthy self-regulation and co-regulation lives. It's really in the present moment. Yeah. Like in this breath right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. It's so true. It's like, that is, it's like, kind of like mindfulness in a way, like mindful living, present moment. Yeah, you hear those terms a lot nowadays, but there's a, there's a lot of truth to them, especially in the busy world that we live in. Um, yeah, and the state of our nervous system or just like the fast pace of social media and society and like looking outward and people pleasing or yeah just all these different patterns that we may not even be aware of and so yeah first step (laughs) the awareness self-awareness recognizing what state we're in taking a couple moments to tune in and just like practicing that Mm Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I love this. Thank you so much. Um, As you guys probably know, we both coach people individually and together. And if you're interested in that, you can book a 20-minute, 25-minute free session with either of us. We're also going to be sharing more information about this, but we're going to be offering more retreats Mm -hmm. this upcoming year, personal retreats. So that'd be like one to three people in our home. We've done these on and off and are going to be opening up spaces for 2023. So if that's something you're interested in, stay tuned. Yeah, and just to give a quick <clears throat> overview of like what that, what a retreat looks like with us, you know, it is, it's kind of like living in, in that environment that we're talking about with these practices and tuning in and nourishment and mindful movement and meditative uh, practices and uh, maybe some like nervous system regulation through some uh, uh, cold therapy and sauna therapy and you know some some different things and uh, yeah yeah and we have fun and we play and we get into nature and get into water and we also go deep and Mm -hmm. we'll cry and (laughs) (laughs) we'll laugh and have fun and yeah and we, we do it all here in our home where we we cultivate this energy every day and something I love is pretty much everybody who walks through our doors is like, oh, it feels 
so nice in here. It feels so loving. We live really simply and we also have all the things we need to nourish ourselves here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks okay. for being here. Yeah. Sending you tons of love. <laughs>